Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Save News TV. This is what's going on in Israel. This is AZ Hubbard and Callie Mitchell. How are you today, Callie? I'm good. I'm a little tired. It's been a really busy two weeks for us, but I'm hanging in there. Well, that's good. I'm glad that um, you have had a good busy two weeks. We missed you last week, but yeah. we were, I think I did so much the week, the last week that you were here that I was like exhausted. And I would like to say this to the Save News audience. I did have a video that was coming out, but StreamYard was having so many problems this week. Um, was streaming that I just elected to not do that video at the time. I probably will come back and do it because it's always something going on. And um, so we thank you for sticking with us. So Callie, we have a lot on topic today, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yes, um, we have travel and tourism, and we have the Edomites, correct? Correct. Yes, yes. And I, I know so. you took. Mm -hmm. Good. You, I know you took a little trip to uh, Galan this week, correct? We did. We were there over the weekend. It was great. Um, my husband Devin had a few days off work, and we had two birthdays in the family last week. And mine's coming up Saturday. So Oh, happy we, birthday. Thanks. <laughs> so we decided to take it as an opportunity to go up north. And um, we were able to stay with friends up in the Golan, which was fantastic. Okay. And you sent a video. So we're going to show the, the city of Golan in Israel. So for those that are not familiar with that area, if you go to Israel, maybe you want to take a trip there. So hang on, we're going to show it up Hello, right now. Save News viewers, this is Callie Mitchell. Instead of coming to you live from my home in Jerusalem, I am up with my family on vacation in the Golan. Um, I thought I would make a little video for you quickly about the Golan uh, because we have this amazing view from where we're staying. We were invited to stay at friends' houses because, you all, we are dissidents and we can't stay in hotels in Israel right now. So we had some really generous and gracious friends who were willing to open up their home to us as a family of six so that we could stay with them. They have this amazing view of the Upper Galilee that you can see behind me and the Hula Valley down below. Uh, it has been such a wonderful, restful weekend. We've had such a great time with them in fellowship and doing some sightseeing around the area. Um, so there's a few little things that I wanted to share with you about the Golan. It's really windy, so I'm going to try to keep this brief. <laughs> um, but the Golan is up in the north of Israel. It is on the border of both Syria and Lebanon. We're about 10 kilometers away from the border. And um, historically, it was the land that was given to um, the tribe of Manasseh. Who Manasseh, of course, was one of Joseph's sons. Um, so half of the tribe of Joseph got the Golan. Uh, the Golan was also considered an area of refuge. They had laws in the Old Testament where if um, it was, you know, an eye for an eye. So if someone was murdered, then uh, if you murdered someone, then you could possibly be murdered in, in return. Um, so there are certain areas in the Bible, certain cities of refuge where if you accidentally murdered someone, 
you could come and seek uh, refuge and be spared from um, that crime being reciprocated. So the Golan was one of those areas. Um, today, it is one of the agricultural centers of Israel. Uh, there's a lot of cattle and horses and farming that happens here. Um, it is a beautiful place to visit. We absolutely love it. It is a time of refreshing for us every time we come. And um, the landscape is just stunning. So I hope you all enjoyed just learning a little brief information about the Golan. And I hope at some point in the future, our borders will open so that you all can come and visit and, and come up to the Golan for yourself and just see how peaceful and beautiful it is. All right, well, we will see you soon. All right, Callie, you I'm so sorry you all couldn't see the mountains in the background while I was filming. It was so windy and it blew these clouds in that I wasn't even aware of until after the fact. I was like, oh, goodness, I can't even see it. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's yeah, it looked like it was absolutely gorgeous. And I'm so glad that you got a chance to um, take a little break. So how far is the Golan from Jerusalem? Um, where we were, it's about a three hour drive, a little bit more. Um, so a good distance. It's uh, about an hour north of the Sea of Galilee. Okay. Uh, all right then, Callie. So let's... Um, well, hello, um, Mrs. Carmina Cox. How are you doing today? <laughs> Hi, Carmina. Um, when, we talk, when we talk about Edom, which is coming up right after we talk about the... Tourism. Edom, um, traveling tourism. Love for you to come up and give um, a little bit of insight. This is an apostle that's also on Save News TV, and we're excited to have you all there. Well, hello to Takia. How are you Hi. doing today? Shalom, 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 shalom. <laughs> it's good to see you. Also, thank you for joining us. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's fun to have friends pop in like this. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. So, uh, Callie, let's get to the um, the tourism, the tourism, and why yeah, it is becoming an issue. After we here. just did a little of our own, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, as we talked about last show, tourism opened November first. Um, it's been slow, uh, <laughs> and it's been clumsy. <laughs> um, I was in the old city about two weeks ago, right after it opened. I had to go to the pharmacy there. Oh, here's an interesting little Israel fact for you all. Um, because everything closes on Shabbat, every city has to have one pharmacy that's opened on Shabbat. <laughs> um, oh, wow, there's that's like good. one designated open pharmacy in every city, basically. So the one that we go to is in the old city. It's called the Jaffa Gate Pharmacy, and it's owned by friends of ours who are Arab Christians and just a really sweet family. Um, so I was in there picking up some medicine for some of my sick kids, and um, I talked to some of the vendors in the area, and I was like, "How you know, how's tourism going? Are you seeing people? And they were like, no, not really. No one's here yet. <laughs> and, of course, it was still early. It was still the first week of November, so it was still early. 
Um, but I think there was a lot more hope that a large number of people would have come in um, with everything opening. Um, but it's been very, very clumsy, um, this whole process. They've had a lot of blunders, a lot of changing rules, uh, and that's made it really complicated. So some of the confusion that's happened is that um, early on, they needed to determine who actually actually constituted as having the thing. Um, was it seven days or was it 14 days? And then after the second one, and initially it was seven days. And then right as tourism was opening, they changed it to 14 days. So that changed whether or not people were able to come in. Uh, they also had a last minute change to recovery status. Um, initially, it was put out there that you could come in with documents, paper documents from your home country saying that you had recovered. And then they made a change and said it had to be a digital document. So that meant that a certain segment of the population who's planning to come, I think Russia in particular is one country that they mentioned, um, wasn't able to come in. Um, and then there, and then I think they started to understand that people weren't coming. So they opened things up a little bit more. So there was a change on the booster requirement. Um, the initial statement was that you had to be within six months of the second one. And if not, you needed to have a booster. Um, but since there's a lot of countries who aren't offering a booster at, the, at present, they changed that and said that travelers who are beyond six months can come in. But once they arrive, they have to stay with their tour group and they have to have either a PCR every 72 hours or a, um, antigen test every 24 hours, which is super complicated to do when you're on vacation. Can you imagine being on vacation? And, and having to, find, to get tested every 24 hours, you either have to have an antigen test every 24 hours or a PCR every 72. But wow, yeah, mm. I mean, can you imagine? And these yeah. testing stations, I, and who's paying for the who's paying for the test? Right. Well, that's the other question. They don't always know, and there is a question about insurance as well. Like, are they going to require people to have insurance for the particular virus when they come in or not? So the rules have just been constantly changing, which has made it really complicated for people. Um, so, of course, if you are planning to come, you need to stay in contact with your um, tour guide and your tour agency and make sure you're on top of what these changes are. Um, because well, it's just not been straightforward or clear. Well, like we discussed before, um, when we broke this story, that it's just going to be very difficult for people to go and I, I just we see that there's the tourism is going to be absolutely null because mm -hmm. um it's just too many requirements and i'm going to put in the chat the article that um Callie yeah, is referencing right there's one from um one about michelle bachman um i hope you all are aware of who she is because she's a pretty amazing woman uh she was a former congresswoman and she actually ran for president, too. Um, I really appreciate hearing from Michelle. Um, she actually, while she was in office, she created the Israel One State Solution Caucus. And she has a long-running history with Israel. She had come here when she was young and worked on a kibbutz for a season and just really loves the land and the people. Um, she really has a vision for Israel. But she spoke last week at the Christian Media Summit, and she one of the things that she addressed was the issue of tourism. 
she commented pretty strongly, actually, that Israel needed to open it up to everyone because there were a lot of evangelicals who were not going to come in because of the requirements. And um, she made a really astute point about this, too. She said, at a time when anti-Israel sentiment is rising and support for Israel among youth is dropping, it's it is even more imperative to open Israel to travels one, travelers once again. And I think that's so true because I think when you come here and you experience the land and the people and the food and you walk where Yeshua walked and you see these pilgrim sites and just how real the word of God is, um, it really stirs your heart for this place. And it really opens your eyes to the reality of, of what the Lord is doing in the, in the times and seasons that we're in. Um, so I think she was right on uh, that Israel's kind of shooting themselves in the foot, basically, by not opening their borders to more tourists to come in. Um, however, I will say what's interesting is that, <laughs> that some of the um, requirements that they've dropped and some of the changes that they've made are allowing certain facilities to be more accessible to tourists than to citizens. <laughs> Um, so citizens who are dissenting (laughs) so um that i mean that's something that we have to reconcile here but you know i i really my heart is for you all to come um but to come without having to take on unnecessary risk Um, right i'm way i'm ready to come but it's just too much yeah too much i don't want anyone to have to take on unnecessary health risk to be here so um i'm praying yeah, I'm, I'm really praying for for the government to really see. And, and honestly, like as much as I want you all to come um, and I have so many friends who work in the tour, tourism industry, it's a huge industry here and they have really been suffering and struggling. They need the work. But also by you all boycotting, you're you're still you're sending a message to um, the Ministry of Tourism that that you're not OK with the requirements um and that's not a bad thing that's not a bad way that's like not a bad thing to do in fact in some ways that can be an act of love towards israel to say listen we want to be there but we don't support we don't support what you're doing right now (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you need to make some changes you know so um that is something to take into consideration too but (sighs) lord willing you all will be able to come (laughs) okay well Hopefully we they'll be able to come. So we just praise God for that. And uh, we're going to move on to our next, which is our teaching. So let's do our swoop because we need to timestamp. Okay. All righty then. Okay, so now we're getting ready to get into the teaching of Edom. Yeah, the Edomites. And this is the second series of, we're continuing along with our series. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share the video. (laughs) But um, this is the second part of of the teaching. We're coming out of Psalms 83. I'm going to also drop the link, which we always normally don't always do. Um, okay, thank you, uh, Tamika. Thank you so much for coming in. And um, I mean, Takia, mm-hmm. Takita joining us. I appreciate it. 
uh, have a blessed day. We just, the blessings of God be upon you in Jesus, Yeshua's name. Okay, I want to drop this link. Huh? She's a good friend of mine. Oh, is she? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, good. I thank God for her being able to come in and share. Um, I'm going to drop the link. And so if you want to come backstage and, I mean, come up and participate in the discussion as Callie um, expound upon this. So this is the link to come up if you would like. I'm not going to force you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We are looking at people specifically from Psalm 83. Um, And last week we we did them a little out of order. Last week we started out with um, the Ishmaelites because we had previously talked a little bit about the Palestinians and who they are. Um, and they primarily descend from the Ishmaelites. So we, we kind of were just piggybacking off of that teaching from several weeks ago. Um, but I chose Psalm 83 because it's really an interesting Psalm that lays out a number of people groups who are actually enemies of Israel. And according to the word of God, that means that they're enemies of God. Um, And there's some discussion about the psalm as to whether or not it was fulfilled back in ancient times in the battle that happened in 2 Corinthians uh, 20, or if it's something that was fulfilled either at the Arab-Israeli War, which is the War of Independence in 1948, or the 1967 Six-Day War, or if it hasn't been fulfilled yet. There's a lot of discussion about this. And studying the people, um, I think, actually helps bring some clarity to whether or not, you know, which perspective we kind of take on it. Um, I actually first started studying this after one of our mentors, Eliyahu ben Haim, brought it to my attention. And he didn't, I I was under the impression he's since passed away, so I can't um, talk to him about it. But he, he sort of had the perspective that it was in process of being fulfilled. And he taught on this during a time where we were in regular conflict with Gaza and that he, he believed that that conflict that we were having with Gaza was the, was this being worked out in fulfillment. Um, So it wasn't necessarily like a big upcoming war. It was like a series of smaller conflicts or, or something. That's how I understood it. I wish he was still alive so I could talk to him a bit more about it, but I'm just going to read through the Psalm real quick. Um, again, it's Psalm 83. You can follow along with your Bibles. I always appreciate it when you all read along with us. It's good to open the word of God. It is. (laughs) Amen. Okay. So do not keep silent is what it's called. It's a song. It's a song, a Psalm of, um, Asaph. Okay. He's the one who wrote it. Well, the Holy Spirit. What verse are you on, Callie? We'll start with verse one. Okay. Oh God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they conspire with one accord against you. They make a covenant. The tents of Edom... And the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Ebal and Ammon and Amalek, Philistia and the inhabitants of Tyre, Ashur, also have all joined them. They are the strong arm of the children of Lot. 
do to them as you did to Midian, as to Sisera and um, Yavin at the river of Kishon, who were destroyed at Endor, who became dung for the ground. Make their nobles like Orev and Ze'ev, and or all the princes like um, Zeba and Zalmuna, who said, let us take possession for ourselves, the pastors of God. Oh my God, make them like whirling dust, like chaff before the wind, as the fire consumes the forest, as flame sets mountains ablaze. So you may pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your hurricane. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be put to shame and dismayed forever. Let them perish in disgrace that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. So it's the whole psalm. I didn't read the whole thing last time, so I just wanted to cover that. So there are 10 peoples that are listed here. Edom, Ishmaelites, Moab, um, Hagrites, Gibal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, Tyre, and Esher. Um, so last week, of course, we talked about, or last time we talked about the Ishmaelites, um, who became the Arab people, and the Palestinians are descendants of the Ishmaelites. So this time we're going to talk about Edom, the Edomites. Okay, so the Edomites are the descendants of Esau. And Esau is the older twin brother of Jacob. Exactly. Right. And so we know from the word of God that he sold his birthright for a pot of stew. Um, Early in this story, if we go to Genesis 25, you can turn there in your Bibles too. Whoops, I had it marked and just lost it. Okay, there we go. Um, there's some things about them that was pretty, about Jacob and Esau, that was pretty significant. Of course, if, I'm trusting that a lot of you are really familiar with your Bible because you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you're watching it. That's what we're here for, Callie. Yeah, but you might not be. But anyway, um, when Rebecca was pregnant, um, she had a lot of distress in the pregnancy and the Lord spoke to her in verse 23. He said, two nations are in your womb and two people Two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the older, and the older shall, or sorry, the one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Um, so when, and then the word goes on to tell us that when it was time for, I'll just read it. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau. So Esau, when he was born, he was red and hairy. And so Esau tends to mean hairy. And Edom actually comes from the Hebrew word Adom. And Adom means red. Um, So there's this theme of red that runs through the the Edomite people. Let me just organize myself a little bit. Okay. So... um, All right, so his descendants eventually, so we know the story that he ended up selling his birthright for a pot of stew. And actually the stew, um, if we look at verse 30, this is another one of the red themes. Verse 30, it says, um, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted. And that's when, and then it says, therefore his name was called Edom. So that's at the that's the point that Esau was given the name Edom because of the red stew. So he was red at birth, and he was given the red stew. Um, and also interesting is that the area that his descendants ended up settling 
It's in the area known as Transjordan. So it's east of the Jordan River in what's, what is present-day Jordan today and mostly concentrated in the south of Israel uh, near the Red Sea um, or below the Dead Sea, maybe not as quite as far as the Red Sea, but in that area. Okay. Yeah, this is Petra. Okay, so you know Petra, the city of Petra? That was one of the areas, it's in Jordan, that was one of the areas where the Edomites settled. And what's interesting about that landscape is that the sandstone there has a red tint. If you Google or or let's not Google, let's get duck, duck, go. If you duck, duck, go. <laughs> yes, you duck, duck, go. Google will follow you. We'll capture <laughs> right. your information, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so if you duck, duck, go, um, Petra, you'll see that the landscape in that area is very much, very much has a red tint. So there's this entire theme of red that goes along with the Edomites, um, which is just really interesting. It's interesting to me that they were considered red, that there's the red stew, that he was red, and they settled in an area where the, the landscape was red. Um, just really interesting to me. Okay, so we know if you want to look at Genesis 36, 31, um, that passage tells us that they had kings. So they were much more established even before Israel. Um, they were much more established as a kingdom even before Israel. Israel actually wasn't permitted when they came across the Red Sea. They were not permitted to walk into the area, that the territory that belonged to the Edomites either. They had to go a different direction. Um, we also know that they worshipped false gods from archaeological history. So they left the faith of um, their fathers. They left the faith of Abraham and Isaac, and they um, went astray and were worshiping false gods. Um, and it's, I think it's really important too, like when we talk about the land inheritance to Israel, that we, we make it clear that it was given to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exactly. So, right. So this is where, this is another point where it splits off. So last time we talked about where it split off with Isaac, um, it, it went yes. to Isaac rather than Ishmael, right? This time it splits off again. It goes to Jacob rather than Esau. Um, okay, so um, they had a pretty thriving kingdom for a long time. And then actually during the Hashmonium period, which is a, during the second temple era, this was when the Maccabees, like, you know, the story of Hanukkah where the Maccabees came in and fought the Greeks. Um, the, the Edomites were actually forcibly converted to Judaism at that point, like after the Jews were able to reclaim the temple, they were forcibly converted at that point. And so King Herod has a lineage actually from the Edomites, um, at the point that King Herod was in charge, they were, they went by their Greek title, which was, um, um, I hope I'm saying that right. Any Greek scholars who are listening out there. I apologize if I botched that, <laughs> but um, it's spelled I-D-U-M-E-N. Spell it. Spell it. Spell it. Okay. I-D-U-M-E-A-N. So I do mean. Um, so that was the Greek name that they went by. And King Herod was actually of this lineage. He was an Idumean, right? And um, of course, we know the story of what happened with King Herod. He came against God because he knew that the Messiah was coming and he had all the babies killed in Bethlehem. Remember? 
Um, exactly. So there's also a long running history here of them coming against the plan of God. Okay, so um, today we don't have any actual um, Edomites right now. Um, there are certain theories that they either they died out or they intermarried. Um, they intermarried with other people groups. So there are Palestinians who most likely have an Edomite heritage. Um, there's people groups in Turkey that they believe also have an Edomite heritage and then Syria as well. And the Kurdish people apparently also have a connection to the Edomites. So they sort of dispersed throughout different parts of the Middle East and intermarried. And um, that's who they are today. They, it's not one clear civilization. Um, so I think it's also important just to acknowledge that even though they have been enemies of God and enemies of Israel, Deuteronomy 23.7 tells the nation of Israel, you shall not abhor an Edomite for he is your brother. So even though... Um, even though they've been enemies of God, there's still a command in scripture specific to the Edomites that the nation of Israel is not to, not to abhor them, not to hate them, um, but to recognize right. that they're family. Exactly. And I think probably, you know, that was prophetic to the time where later on when they were forced to convert to Judaism. Yeah, so, I think so. so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Exactly. Yeah, so that would be the Edomites. That's all I have for us today about who they are. Um, there's some further interesting teachings that I, are more speculative than anything, but um, the fact that this passage says the tents of Edom in, um, in the Psalm, Psalm 83, it says the tents of Edom. Uh, there's, some, there's one particular Bible prophecy writer uh, who believes that that's actually referencing the Palestinian people and the Palestinian refugee camps in Jordan and um, up in the north. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that could be, but I'm not sure. Um, but he was using that to say that it hasn't, it's in, it hasn't been fulfilled. Like the Psalm hasn't been fulfilled yet. Um, mm -hmm. But that was one, one idea that he had about that. Yeah. Okay. If anybody have any questions, um, you can put them in the chat and I drop the link if you want to come up and ask your questions or make comments or whatever regarding the Edomites. But one thing that I find interesting in the scripture going back to last week when we the scripture was making a distinction between um, king and princes. Yes. And in this particular situation, the. I mean, Ishmael was princes. Princes, right. And um, in this particular situation, the Edomites were the kings and kingdoms mm. of that particular nation. Mm. And God also said in the scripture for us not to hate or abhor them and to include them. So there is definitely a difference that God is making as far as hierarchy in the mm. scriptures regarding each and every 
tribe, well, I won't say tribe, but each and every um, gene gene genealogy of yeah. people. So, right. and there, yeah. there is that. And there is also, you know, going back to the red and that was very telling, you know, a lot of times people just stop at the red and, and, but you have followed through with mm -hmm. throughout their entire life. They've been associated with the red, right. even as he grew up, when he gave away his birthright, he wanted red stew. Right. Mm -hmm. And as he went out into the world, the, where they settled was in the red area. So that mm -hmm. has a significant meaning both prophetically and in the word of God, as far as what, you know, going forward in, in prophecy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. And I haven't sat with that enough, probably. Um, but that would be one that would be worth sitting with and just praying and asking the Lord for deeper revelation about what this connection with red is to the Edomites, because it, it is something that's emphasized in scripture. You know, it comes up multiple times. Um, but also just for the reference for Ishmael and the princes, I, I have found that verse um, for our listeners. Um, it is verse uh or it's from genesis 25 16 it goes through the 12 um these are the sons of ishmael and these are their names by the villages and by their encampments 12 princes according to their tribes so it goes in before it it lists all 12 of the tribes of ishmael and then it says that they became princes and right. and we talked about last time how we we you know, when we're in the media and in the news, we hear about Saudi princes even to this day. Right, <laughs> so exactly. Saudi princes are the descendants of Ishmael. Exactly. And, and going and pulling back to the red and the color and the mm -hmm. meaning of red in the Bible, we know that red signifies action, fire, clarity, mm -hmm. spiritual awakeness. It also glorifies the sun and the joy of the Lord of life and love. It also, of course, means the love of God, the blood of Yeshua, the blood of the lamb, atonement and salvation. So I am going to be interested really as far as, like you said, sitting deeper into study with Esau, I mean, Enoch, I mean, Edom, yeah, Esau. Yeah, Edomites <laughs> and Esau. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Well, you know, I, I started out with putting Esau and then Edom in um, the chat in the thing. But how it plays out scripturally going forward and going a more deep dive to see how that travels out throughout the word of God. Right. Yeah. Because lentils too, they come in different colors. And so I think, you know, he could have gotten the lentils that were more yellow or more brown, but he specifically was interested in this red stew. Yeah. Really that, and that's interesting. Uh, I want, is there, is there a significance of, well, you just spoke of, of the different differences in the lentils as far as mm -hmm. the colors and everything. So the color in this particular case really means quite a, quite a lot along with the difference between the prince and the king we want to encourage everybody to continue with this series with us because we are seeing different differentiations in the word 
of each people and how God classifies them. Um, as we discussed last week when we were talking about Prince, because Prince is definitely underneath a king. Mm -hmm. So now, now God has shown us another hierarchy here. Uh, he, he refers to Ishmael as a prince. Mm -hmm. He refers to Edom, Esau as a king. Mm -hmm. He refers to Israel, of course, as kingdom. Mm -hmm. And as we go forth in covering Psalms 83, we were going to see how God refers to the other group of people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we were definitely going to get some clarification as far as the order of God um, through these through these people. Right. Yeah, so Moab will be next. Okay. So we'll see what, what we can learn about them. But one okay. thing that's really interesting about all 10 of these tribes is that if you look at a map and see where they're located, all 10 of them, um, the, the land designations that they were given borders with Israel. Um, right. So, so that, I think that's something that's fascinating about all of them is that they're all people groups who are bordering Israel. Um, and of course the, some of the criticism of the idea that it was fulfilled in ancient times is that the, um, second Corinthians 20 passage only lists three people groups. Um, it doesn't list all 10. So um, there's some criticism about that. But in, on the other end of it, we have a reality though where we have certain people groups who are listed and, and the Edomites being one of them who are not a clear kingdom anymore. Um, some of these other people groups, we can point out where their kingdoms actually are today and know who they are. But the Edomites is one that we cannot point out. And also the Philistines, because they died out before um, before Yeshua. I think it was 600 years before Yeshua walked the earth. They they were they had died out by that point. Uh, so some of these people groups don't necessarily exist, at least in an organized way anymore. So um, that's something we should talk about. You guys should yes. send us thoughts on what you think about that. Um, exactly, especially when we get towards the end and finish the the series of the ten, we'll definitely go back and do a deep dive into all of these things. Because, and also one thing that I hear uh, the Lord saying as far as geography, as He placed all of these around Israel, the land. Mm -hmm. Um, that when he also prophesied, he said that he would be calling them all back home. Mm -hmm. Now we know that, that we, the tribes are dispersed throughout the world, but the, they're, um, centrally located as far as this teaching is concerned. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we know that this is going to be interesting. I am so excited, Callie. This is so <laughs> good, you know, to bring this forward to bring this forward, I tell you. So anyway, everybody, I want you to make sure that you um, watch us on Roku and because we'll be going into some things and listen on Save News, TV, Save News Radio. Also, you can watch us on Amazon Fire TV mm -hmm. now. 
praise God, praise God, <laughs> the Lord is increasing. So, so if you have an Amazon stick, you can watch us on Amazon as always, you know, we thank you so much for allowing us into your home because, you know, you didn't have to, and we appreciate it. We really do. We really, really, really do. And Callie, do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. But yeah, I appreciate it too. And we are praying for you all. We get the prayer list. Oh, yes. And um, oh, okay. So one thing, you know, I thank you. Thanks, Callie, for mentioning that. Um, the prayer, our prayer team is constantly praying for you all. Um, and let me put the, the, the email address up to send your prayer request to. And we have gotten praise reports. Thank you for letting us know. Some people, you know, don't let you know what happened. We won't know until Yeshua returns. But mm -hmm. if you want to send us your prayer request, it is kept confidential. And our prayer team will be praying for you. And if you um, want to be a prayer warrior with us, come into agreement. And you can send your email to, to us to show and we will pray is pray for the number four me at savenews.com if you want to be want need prayer send us an email if you want to be part of our prayer warriors uh intercessors um send us an email and we will definitely add you remember your prayer request is kept totally confidential we are seeing miracles remember also most importantly is to give your life to yeshua and have him as your lord and personal savior it's very simple only thing you do is ask him to come into your life and be your lord and savior and ask him to forgive you of your sins mm -hmm. and he will definitely do that and you can do that and remember that god is married to the backslider so do not repeat do not continue away from god if you knew him once come back into the mm -hmm. kingdom of god and what we're going to do now is say Shabbat Shalom. And we just Shabbat love shalom. you all. We love you all so much. And thank you so much for your support. God bless you. Tune in to Save News TV on Roku to watch these editions and more. Apostle Sevilla Purcell. Well, hello. Welcome. I'm Dr. Sevilla Purcell. And I'm so excited to be here with you today with a new you. Yes, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of pain, in the midst of situations that seem so hard that there seems that there is no solution. But in the midst of everything that you have, I came to bring you a message. There's a new you. There's a new you coming. Amen. Evangelist No Man Jenny. <laughs>
Mr. J. Mac Taylor. And when he went there, he looked at her and he did something outlandish. He said, he spoke to her, first of all. If he knew who he was talking to, sir, he wouldn't be talking to me asking me for no water. And he said, if you knew who you were talking to. If you knew who you were talking to, you wouldn't understand that I have living water. Amen. Water gives life, but the living water, come on somebody, the living water gives you eternal life. Water that you will never thirst for again. Hallelujah. Because it's, it's in the supply. And Apostle Carmina Cox. That your dreams are not tied up in your boo. Your boo thing, your bae, your spouse, your, your, your uh, wifey, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm good, Tiff. Um, I am. I'm real good. Um, but we need to um, herald this message. Make sure you like and share. Um, because we need to tell everybody in the spirit of transparency that our dreams and our visions, our goals, our ambitions are not tied up in our relationships with another person. These and much more on Save News TV on Roku. Getting bored? Want to enjoy some relaxing music? Do you need to get updated with all the latest news, but don't have enough time to watch TV for hours? Or do you need to get your praise and worship on? We have your solution to your problem. SaveNewsRadio.com got everything you need. Listen to SaveNewsRadio.com filled with praise and worship 24-7 everywhere in your home laptop or tablet on your phone in your car and on alexa install the save news radio skill on alexa and then just say alexa launch save news radio the beautiful uplifting sounds of praise and worship music ministries news and more savenewsradio.com created to glorify god and edify the body of Christ.